welcome to Team Mom Time. On this week's episode of Teen Mom Time, we'll be discussing Teen Mom 2 alum Janelle Evans exclusively reveals why she gave David Easton a second chance. Teen Mom 2 star Kayla and Larry's baby daddy Chris Lopez reveals a never-before-seen letter to his son Lux. And Kale also shares a major pregnancy update. Hey guys, welcome back. Thanks so much for tuning in. Hey Chelsea, how are you? I'm good. Um, I'm excited to hear what Janelle had to say because we've been talking about this oh, for a yeah. while. No, I mean, we've been, yeah, it's been weeks since we've just been following all the Janelle drama. And so I think it's really cool that we got a chance to, you know, chat with her and she gave us her side of things. So really can't wait to get into it and just make sure you guys listen on Spotify. Okay, cool. So yeah, no, like I said, Janelle, she basically, you know, she confirmed it. She came out in a YouTube video a couple weeks ago and confirmed that she's back with David and we got a chance to talk to her and I don't know about you guys but I was personally wondering you know why she decided to give him a chance like why you know why the change of heart so we asked and she tells intouchweekly.com quote I was very unhappy we didn't get along and we were always mean and angry towards each other we called each other names and never wanted to spend time together. I told him if we were ever going to work out our marriage, a lot of things would have to change. We discussed how things went wrong and talked about preventing an argument before it blows up into something more. And then she is the one who reached out to him first. And then she says, you know, the reason why she decided to do that, she says, quote, that she realized that they got married for a reason and they have invested so much into the relationship. Quote, David was there for me through everything that happened, good or bad, and was my best friend. I, I just couldn't imagine my life without him. I felt like I gave up on him, but he never gave up on me. Then she also like said that the other changes that they were going to be implementing in their marriage this time around, Janelle said, quote, discussing issues before they blow up, setting boundaries like no cussing, name calling, and lower our tone of voices, and listening to the other person when they ask for help. She also confirmed to us that there was never really a divorce filing because, quote, in the state of North Carolina, you can't file for divorce until you are separated for one year. So that was just a separation. Nothing was like legalized or anything. Um, so they are currently still legally married, but they were separated for that brief period of time. Chelsea, what do you think about about Janelle's reason for going back with David? You know, I think if all of those changes really do happen, that sounds like a step in the right direction um, and it could be a positive thing. I guess we'll have to see if those changes do happen. Um, I, you know, I guess I'm surprised to hear that it all came from her, that it was like, you know, she made the decision to leave without consulting him. Um, and then she made the decision to reach out and try to work on things also without hearing from him. So it is kind of interesting to me that she took time to reflect on their marriage and what they'd been through. And despite everything that she said with all the name calling and everything was like, this is worth another shot. But, you know, if she, if she wants to put that work into it, then I hope that it gets to a healthy place for them. That's really all I have to say. I don't want to, you yeah. know. What I will say, though, is, too, is I know that a lot of you guys were kind of speculating this rumor. We kind of briefly touched upon it last week about how a lot of people think that the the, the split 
but from October to now was faked, allegedly faked. And that Janelle really only did it to try to go back on the show. And then once she realized that that was like not going to happen, then she went back with him. Like that was the rumor. So we actually asked her about that. And she exclusively tells in touch, quote, the split was 100% real and not faked at all. And then she added, I am glad I took some time away from home to clear my head to know what I truly wanted. So that's that on that. So next up, we have Chris Lopez, and he wrote a letter to his son Lux that he shared recently. The letter was actually written a couple of years ago. Um, He showed the date on it, and it was written in October 2017 which was two months after Lux was born. And in the letter, he said that his son was the best thing to happen to him, which is really, really sweet. He asked some questions in it. Well, you couldn't see the whole thing, but you could see that he called Lux the best thing to happen to me and asked about his brothers. So it was kind of a really beautiful little moment. It was a sweet, sweet gesture for sure. But considering everything that's going on with Kale and Chris now and and baby number four in the works, how do you think this came off, Emma? Uh, I'm very hopeful. So what I hope and what I think from this is that he was reminiscing on the past and how he was in the past. And he has been open about the fact that he is not happy with the way that he conducted himself in the past with Lux. So I think and I hope that he was kind of using this time to reflect so that he can prepare for this second child with Kale and not make those same mistakes again. I hope that's true. I don't know if it (laughs) is. Um, He seems to do a lot of reflecting and not so much changing, you know? It seems like he's often like, wow, I was really messing up. She was carrying my child for nine months and I wasn't there. And then he still isn't there. And then two months after Lux is born, he's like, you're the best thing that's ever happened to me. And we do see him with Lux, but we just don't necessarily see him making the effort to have like a healthy family life with Lux. That doesn't mean he has to be with Kale. It just means that they need to be like cool with each other and on the same page and and figure out how to co-parent together, which they don't. Um, I know she said that she has the best co-parenting relationship with Chris, she being Kale, but she's also said that like everything goes through Chris's parents. Like she for a lot of the time, she doesn't have contact with Chris directly. And we know that that fluctuates. But it seems to me that Chris does a lot of Lux is so wonderful and he's the best thing that happened to me and I want to be there for him and I can't believe I wasn't there in the past. And then the actual stepping up just doesn't really happen. Yeah, it's unfortunate. And like I said, I just I want to remain hopeful. And I hope that if anything is going to change him, I think the arrival of the second child should do the trick. Speaking of baby number two, we'll move into our third topic. So Kale has, you know, she's moving right along in her pregnancy. She's expecting baby number two with Chris. And she just posted a update for her pregnancy. And uh, the cutest little sonogram photo on Instagram with those little feet. I die. Like, so cute. So she shared an update and she said she's 23.5 weeks and the baby was breech, but he has seemed to turn since then, which is good for her because I've never been pregnant, but I know enough to know that breech is not a good thing and you don't want that. So good for Kale. And then... She says she has an anterior placenta, so the movement for baby number two feels different for her. And 
I can't imagine being pregnant during, you know, this coronavirus pandemic because it's such a delicate time. And on top of that, you're trying to keep yourself safe and, and keep yourself, you know, healthy. So uh, she mentioned that because of coronavirus and social distancing and all that, she is not allowed to bring anyone with her to her prenatal appointments until further notice. So I'm not sure if that means Chris was going with her up to a certain point, but she just, you know, mentioned that. And she um, elaborated more on Twitter, but doctors, she, she lives about 45 minutes away from the hospital. And the last pregnancy, when she gave birth to Lux, the labor was 90 minutes and she lives, you know, 45 minutes away. That's only half of the time. And so doctors want to induce her. So she's asking for advice about what, you know, what that would be like, because she's never been induced. So Chelsea, what do you make of, of her update? I understand her concerns um, and I understand why she would be wary of agreeing to be induced and why she wants everything to happen naturally. She seems very like a let's do things naturally for the most part kind of person, um, especially in recent years. You know, there's nothing wrong with being induced and there's nothing wrong, especially if there are medical concerns. Like it seems like there are in this case, aside from just the time it takes to get to the hospital. Um, I totally understand like trying to schedule when things happen so you can control to the best of your ability, like nothing goes wrong. Like the doctor that you want to be there is there. Like you're able to get to the hospital with plenty of time without being like, oh crap, I got a rush there and I'm speeding on the freeway and I'm currently in labor and the baby could come any minute. You know, I totally understand crowdsourcing opinions based on this. I don't know that crowdsourcing is the way to go when it comes to having a baby, but you got to take your feedback where you get it. You know what I mean? And like, if if you don't have a lot of people in your life who can tell you about their experiences with it, it makes sense if you have a platform like this to be like, hey, everybody in the world, like anybody want to weigh in here? But I don't know that it will help her make her decision. Yeah. So I remember I had did a story for another brand and it was talking to the Bella Twins and so when Brie Bella gave birth to her first child, I remember her telling me that she was induced and they explained to me that being induced is a way more intense labor experience. And like, you know, the contractions are, are, are more, you know, intense and everything's just more intense. And she actually told me that she wanted to do a natural birth, but she really couldn't even take it. And she had to go with the epidural and everything. So that's what I know about being induced. And I think you know, that's what Kale's kind of like looking for. But, you know, some fans look like they have had good experiences. So listen, every woman's body is different. Every woman res um, responds differently. I think it's called Pitocin is what they use to actually induce. Mm -hmm. So I just, you know, whatever she decides, whatever her doctors decide, I think, you know, of course, she's going to make the best decision for her baby and for herself. And we are just hoping that mommy and baby will have a safe delivery when that time comes. All right, guys. So now we're moving into Truth or Tale, where we break down what is or isn't happening behind the scenes. This week, we're talking about something that actually happened last week. Um, in our Teen Mom OG recap last week, we talked about Bentley and Ryan's golf game um, and some teasing from Ryan and whether or not we thought it was playful or a little mean-spirited. It turns out a lot of fans felt the same way, but they went to Mackenzie Edwards' Instagram and brought their concerns to her directly. So one fan asked, are you okay with last night's episode? Your husband needs to get off drugs and needs to stop making fun of his firstborn son that he hardly even sees. Another fan also asked a question and said, 
Ryan is so mean to Bentley, like WTF, and Mackenzie doesn't even say anything to him. WTF was that about? But Mackenzie stepped in and she tried to not fan the flames, but kind of calm things down and explain what was happening. One response was more of a clapback where she's just like, were you there? No, but thanks for your input. And then in another, she actually started to break it down. And she said, it was just friendly competition. Everyone had planned this golf trip weeks in advance with all the smack talk that went along with it. We had a great time. She explained that while, like a fan said, Bentley might look afraid to be around Ryan on TV, that in real life, Nobody's mean to each other. It just seems that way through the show and on with the show's editing. But that's not the case in person. And everybody's on the same page about what happened that day and about their relationship in general. So what do you think, Emma? Do you believe that it was just editing that made it look kind of funny? Or do you think there really was something there? I think every reality star tries to explain this to fans is like there are hours upon hours upon months and weeks of filming. And then what you see is just the littlest bit of, you know, what really happened. So I think there's two things at play here. I think there's one is definitely editing. I think the way that it was it looked to us was the way that it was compiled. And then I think the second thing is really, and I mentioned this before, it's really because we really haven't seen Ryan and Bentley interact that much. We usually see him with Macy. We see him with, you know, with grandparents. We haven't really seen the dynamic between Ryan. And you also mentioned this too, Chelsea, last week that, you know, who knows, maybe they do have a very playful TZ type of relationship and maybe they're cool with it, but we don't know that. So to us, it looks different. I, I will say, you know, Bentley did seem very upset. He didn't seem like he was enjoying himself. So, yeah, I, I got to agree. Yeah, I just oh, I don't know. I mean, I also see where Mackenzie's coming from, like stepping up for him and stuff. But yeah, I don't know. What do you think? I think it's really possible that the trash talk was planned in advance and that they were like, "Ooh, I'm going to kick your butt and I'm going to tell you how much I'm kicking your butt. <laughs> and then once it was actually happening, Bentley was like, I don't like this. <laughs> you know, I think both can be true. Um, and I think. Also, Bentley is a kid. You know what I mean? Like maybe he thought it would be fun. And then once he was actually losing, he was like, this is less fun than I thought it would be. (laughs) And now I'm upset. And like maybe that was just a real dispute about the score, which was not part of the planned trash talking. And that's why it seemed jarring. You know what I mean? It's I think all things can be possible here and all things can be true. But at the end of the day, it seemed to me like Bentley was upset and it seemed to me like Ryan's parents were the ones who were actually helping to try and make him feel better. So I don't love that. (laughs) But also we don't know, like we saw one second and we saw them like laughing about it later and we, I don't know, they could easily have also comforted Bentley and at the end of the game, like everybody high-fived and like was like, yay, good. You know, we didn't see. Exactly. Okay, guys, so we're going to be moving into this week's Teen Mom OG recap. So last week's episode, it was the second episode of the new season. And we, you know, again, I feel like now that I think I'm looking at the season more kind of like with a more, I guess, like fine tuned eye or something. I think I'm I am seeing we're getting like little clips and bits of everything. Like, I feel like all these little scenes are so short. So we're going to start with Cheyenne. She, you know, this was a follow-up from last week. Uh, We got to see what happened after that really tense kind of fight between her and Corey where he basically 
said she wasn't, you know, setting rules and boundaries for Ryder. And we got to see them really work it through. And Corey apologized. He said that Shay's an amazing mother. And I just love to see them communicating and, and, you know, getting their points across. Both of them were calm. Nobody was raising their tone. No one was yelling. No one was getting frustrated. I think like that was such a cool little inside peek into really how they make it work. Chelsea, what do you think about about that scene? Yeah, I mean, we've talked to Cheyenne and she said that it's really all about communication and making sure that you're on the same page and always kind of keeping Ryder in mind. And I think that was so clear that it is exactly what they like. It sounds simple to be like, we talk about things and we make sure that we are doing what's best for our child. Like, of course, everybody thinks that they're doing that. You know what I mean? But I think it was so obvious in this scene, like last episode, Cheyenne got upset and she walked away because she knew she needed a minute. They reconvened and they broke it down like he apologized. She accepted his apology. They got on the same page. Like, I think it's it's really clear that they have just like a really strong basis to work from. And maybe that does come, like Cheyenne said, from the fact that they didn't really have a romantic relationship. So they didn't have a breakup. You know what I mean? They don't have like this big well of tension that that bubbles up every single time they have a fight. So I do think they're at a benefit there. But it's just clear to me that they really work together nicely. Yeah. And, you know, we also saw Corey supporting Cheyenne at the VL CAZ nonprofit, you know, all day workout event. And, you know, there was some tension because Corey was late. He was like 45 minutes away when the event was starting, which is so classic LA. <laughs> that I, That's literally what I was thinking. I was like the traffic that and like, I'm just like a chronically late person in general. So like that would have been me. I would have been that late person. Like I'm so bad. I'm so yeah. And then to be like, I went to Beverly Drive instead of Beverly <laughs> Boulevard. Oh, no, like <laughs> classic we i will say i did see okay two things uh shan tweeted about when while the episode was on two things so one she did say that she realized that it actually was her fault that he was late because somebody one of her friends or something texted the wrong address to Corey from her Ooh. phone so she was like that's you know and we see her on the episode kind of get over it really quickly and she's like that's why because it was you know not his fault second uh caitlin and tyler flew out and attended that event and they posted photos on on social media about it. Why didn't we see that? Right, that's exactly what they were saying. Aww. But this is exactly what I'm talking about when, you know, when we're looking at at scenes, they have only so much time to fit things in. So like they I feel like that was just something that they were like, "Listen, we just cannot fit this in no matter what." So they cut it, but you know, they did they did go and they supported and they raised 10 to 15k, Chan said for the nonprofit. So that was cute. Okay, so moving into Caitlyn's storyline, this was really hard and really heavy to watch because we saw her last week, you know, being strong and being, you know, capable and being there for her friends. And then we see her, you know, having to be that same person and be that rock for another friend. There's a friend called uh, named Ashley, who was Tyler's best woman at their wedding. And she, Caitlyn said she's struggling with drug addiction and she was on a felony probation uh, Ashley had said that it was like for possession of heroin, I believe. And she was put on probation for, I forget how long. I want to say like maybe two years. Two years, yeah. I think. Mm -hmm. So then she missed a drug test. And that's when a warrant was put out for her arrest. And then she was arrested. So you hear Ashley kind of call Kate and like kind of beg her to help her and like bail her out. And she was saying like the bond is three grand. But, you know, if you go through a bail bonds person, you just pay like a percentage, which would have been like 300, 350. 
So, you know, we see Tyler and Kate kind of like have this discussion as a married couple of what to do. And it was really cute because they the way that they talk to each other and they're just so transparent and like they can call each other on like what they do because Ty's like, you just want to save people. Like, I get it. But like, I'm like, I don't know about this because, you know, Ty's more of like a tough love type of person. So eventually, you know, Kate wins happy wife, happy life. And she decides to go. But also I noticed that Tyler was like, well, of course we're going to do it. And so I kind of wonder if he was just like, we're going to do it, but she needs a day to like wallow in in what's happened here and realize like, is this rock bottom? So I thought that was nice that he was like, of course I'm going to be there for her. I'm just not going to be there for her right now. The second that she asks, like I'm going to give her a day to, to really think about it. No. And yeah, like that's just kind of like, I think that's what we've seen from Ty is like a really, he takes like a, a little bit of a harder, tougher approach to things, but he's also a softy as well. And, you know, he changed, he had a change of heart. He actually was the one to go, you know, he did the whole bond thing and he actually picked Ashley up and drove her back to the house and she was staying with them until she had her court date and all that stuff. And the the car ride back was so heartbreaking for me because everything that Tyler was telling Ashley, I literally had fla- like deja vu of conversations that he's had with his father. And it's just, it's mm-hmm. really hard to see, you know, they they have their, their own things going on to Kate and Ty. They have their own issues. They have their own struggles. And then they have a lot of people around them who also need them to be their support systems. So that's a lot. I think that's really hard. I agree. Um, I want to talk about Mackenzie McKee, though, because they continued their storyline this week with Josh maybe stepping up to the plate. We saw what those flowers were all about from the preview last week. Yeah. Um, I got to say, I thought the poem was pretty cute, but also like pretty bare minimum (laughs) to be like, roses are red, violets are blue. Will you marry again? Please say I do. Like, I thought that was very sweet. But the second that happened, I was like, no, this is not the moment that they get back together, is it? Like, I was so scared. But it was just enough for her to agree to go to the couple's retreat and do counseling with him. And I think that that is a really good place to start. Like, I think really all she needed to see from him was the littlest bit of effort Mm -hmm. to get on board with putting the work in herself. I think she was just, like, so tired of everything and so overwhelmed by having to hold everything together herself Mm -hmm. that the second that she was like, okay, he's on board to do even a little bit of work. She was like, then I'm okay to put myself back into this. Yeah, no, that was definitely, it was, it was sweet to see him step up. And I I just want to like point out the scene where they were sitting in the, the first time he came over and they were like talking about things and he tells her, he's like, God damn, what do you want? I was like, that is literally verbatim from the notebook. And I was like, this is so funny, like so cute. But also I hated that because like you should know to put the work in yourself. I think definitely the the divorce papers, though, that she sent, I think that's what really kind of scared him and was like, okay, wait a minute. She really means business. I got to step up, you know, Mm -hmm. this is real. This is serious. This is happening if I don't stop it. For sure. So for Macy this week, she her storyline was pretty short, but it was really positive. You know, we saw her raising awareness for PCOS Awareness Month and she got all of the local businesses in Chattanooga to light up teal. And it was just like so cute. And I love to see, you know, her really using her platform for something that's super positive and super good and, you know, helping it helps other people. So that's really cool. My heart was super gooey for Macy seeing her watch everything light up teal. And especially at the end of the episode, I don't know if you guys noticed, but the Teen Mom OG logo also lit up teal. Oh. Um, and that just like really warmed my little heart for her. 
Yeah, I didn't notice that. That's super cute. And then finally for Amber, Amber's storyline this season, um, this episode revolved around uh, Andrew allegedly wanting to move back to California with their son James. And we see her really struggling and she opens up about, you know, she was really having some suicidal ideations. And she said that Gary is the one who was there for her the last time that she had that um, those suicidal thoughts and he kind of talks her out of it. And he, we see a scene with him and he is telling Christina, like what he was talking about with Amber. And he tells her no matter what Leah needs you. And then Christina seems like she's on board with supporting Amber because she says that you can't turn your back on somebody who needs help. And then the audio drops, which this actually happened in real time in September, 2019. So this was, um, released and it was, audio from a fight between Amber and Andrew in December 2018 and she said it was when she was going through postpartum depression and we've all heard that audio and that audio was extremely damning and it sounds horrible it's just not it's not good and so you know it's it sends Amber in a spiral and she you know she's crying and she's she's worried that her son you know James is going to grow up one day and hear it and he's going to like like think that maybe it's his fault that his mom was going through that and it was it was hard it was heavy what do you make of it Chelsea it was definitely heavy and I feel for her and I can't imagine what it's like to have every mistake you made amplified in the media but I also thought it was a little unfair when she said that Andrew was trying to smear her because they're her words like as far as I could tell, her perspective isn't that the audio is edited. It's just that it was kind of released without context, which I get. Context is important, but there should never really be a situation where you're saying, like, you deserve to be hit and I'm going to kill you. I don't want to jump into Teen Mom tease just yet, but we see in the preview for next week's episode that Gary is kind of getting tough with it, Amber and is kind of saying, like, you need to deal with this. Like, you did say these things, like... This is you and you need to confront what in you is making you act this way. Even if it's postpartum depression, like if it's bringing out something in you, you need to address what that is. Um, So this episode, he was really just there for Amber and I appreciated that. And I think it is beautiful that they have that kind of relationship where if she needs help, she can turn to him any second of the day. But I do think it's also important to see next week that he's stepping up and being like, Amber, you've been down this path before and we need to address it at the source. Now it is time for Teen Mom Tease though. This week we are talking about what we can expect on Teen Mom OG in the future. Um, It seems like we're going to see a little bit more of Mackenzie and Josh working on their relationship at the couples retreat. I'm really excited to see Macy talking to her husband about whether or not Ryan and Mackenzie Edwards should be at Bentley's birthday party. It seems like we didn't really get much of their relationship this episode. Um, And we've seen them take so many strides and make so much progress, even without communication. So it will be interesting to see if they end up in the same place face to face again and how they work around that with a no contact order. So I'm excited to see that. We are also going to see Amber maybe going to anger management. And we've got a little more external conflict for Corey and Cheyenne. And I have to wonder if there's any MTV meddling here because the issue is whether or not Corey's going to go back on the challenge. (laughs) For sure. 
And also, guys, we have more coming out for you guys on InTouchWeekly.com, more exclusives with Janelle Evans. And she, the next one will be that she shares an update about her mom, Barbara, and uh, her relationship with David after they've reconciled. So definitely look out for that exclusive. All right, guys. Well, that wraps it up for this week. Thanks so much for tuning in. And again, make sure you guys are staying safe amid the social distancing. I personally am going on week three, but I think we got this. I think we're good. So just stay safe out there, guys, and make sure to listen on Spotify. We'll catch you guys next week. Bye. Bye.